Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Good day, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. We want to continue our series of podcasts that we titled Change Our Perspective, where we're asking the Lord to change our perspective on some things that perhaps we've been taking for granted in our lives. And today we're going to title our podcast Privileged. Privileged. I don't know if I'm getting sentimental as I get older, but um, I've been recently thinking about things in my life that I have that I'm privileged to be. Um, Number one, I was thinking about being a father. Uh, We just had our seventh baby about seven weeks ago, and even though these days are hard and we're not sleeping a lot, um, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about what it means to be a dad, and we just had Mother's Day, so I was thinking about um, my wife and just the privilege of having children, and, and I just considered myself privileged to have children, to have lots of children, to be a dad. It was something I always looked forward to, and, and now that I am, it's something that I consider a privilege, and, I, and I've been thinking about that. I've also been thinking how privileged I am to be a husband. I remember for years of my life, I was dating, hoping that some relationship would materialize into a relationship that would turn into marriage. And they never did. And so um, I remember when I was 29 years old, I finally got married to Janine. And and uh, I've been thinking about that lately, how privileged I am to be a husband. I'm also privileged to be a pastor. I've been a privileged to be a pastor for the last going on three years. And uh, it's been a wild ride, but it's also been a very, very privileged experience. And I'm thankful for that. I've been thinking about these things lately. I'm also privileged, of course, to be a Christian. That's the number one on my list. And today we want to talk about being privileged because I think if we're privileged, it will change our perspective on this Christian life. Almost every week, my dad and I, who is my assistant pastor, um, we will go to this restaurant that we like eating at. It's a barbecue place. And at this restaurant every week, they do something unique that I've never experienced at a restaurant before. At noon, at 12 o'clock every single day, they will stop whatever they're doing Everyone, everyone who works there and everyone who's eating there, and they will stand for the national anthem. And I've never experienced that in any other restaurant. I've done it at ball games, of course, things like that. But every day at noon, this restaurant will stop whatever they're doing. They'll play the national anthem over the speakers, and they'll have a flag there, and they, they all stand and salute it and sing. And uh, my dad and I love eating there. They just have really good food. And so <clears throat> on many occasions, we've been there during the national anthem. And so we know the routine, we know to stand and things like that. And when the song plays, I I was looking around today and uh, we went there today and I was looking around and I noticed there's a bunch of people with their hands over their hearts singing the national anthem, uh, so heartfelt. And I also noticed one lone military man in fatigues. And I just looked at him for a moment and he had the firmest salute I think I've ever seen, just had this real firm salute on his head and... And he was also tearing up a little bit as he was singing the national anthem over the speakers. And I just noticed and I just observed for a few moments the amount of privilege that these people had to be Americans. And America's been in a tough spot for for quite a while. It's been a weird couple of years. And uh, we got a lot of division, a lot of things opposing us. And it may be one of those times that we don't really consider ourselves privileged to be Americans, but you wouldn't have known it. In this place, and I'm not making a political statement today. I'm using this as a metaphor today. The man that I was noticing, the man in fatigues, the lone military man, I he obviously considered himself privileged to serve his country. Nobody 
coaxed this man to stand or salute or, or tear up. He did this because I really believe he felt privileged to serve his country. See, we as Christ followers are what the Bible says, heavenly citizens. We are citizens of heaven. Now, that is a concept that we've heard ever since we were young and started this Christian journey. And so maybe it's become too numb to us. But I want you to think about that for a moment. We are citizens of heaven. <laughs> heaven is our home, our real home, our eternal home. The kingdom of heaven is where I live. And I hope where you live, even though I've never been there. It is my home. It is your home. And the scripture says we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We are also servants of the most high God. Again, one of those things that we've, we've known and we can doctrinally attest and affirm in our minds, yes, I know that to be true, but think about it. Citizens of heaven and servants of the most high God. I don't just serve anybody. I don't serve somebody really important on the earth. That would be amazing in itself. I serve the most high God. I answer to the most high God. I get my orders from God himself and the king of kings. The king of all the other kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, is my king. He's the one that I serve. He's the one that I am doing this life for. That's amazing. And although there's pride in being an American, and there's nothing wrong with that, unlike America and unlike every nation upon this earth, our nation, the kingdom of heaven, will last forever. It's the best kingdom there is. It's the best kingdom that ever existed. It has the best king that ever existed. There is no nation that can rival the kingdom of heaven. Not Rome, not America, nobody, nothing can rival the kingdom of heaven. And we aren't just citizens of that place. That's amazing in and of itself that we're citizens. That, that's my home. That's my eternal abode. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thought to think about, but it goes deeper than that. It says we're soldiers of the only Christian army. We're soldiers. We're not just citizens. There was this restaurant, there was, it was surrounded with citizens of America. But there was at least one soldier in the room today, and I noticed his privileged heart for America went even further than just the normal citizens who just stood and put their hand over their heart. He had this firm salute. He had the fatigues on. He, he was a soldier, and he was proud, and he wanted everyone to know it. And you and I are not just citizens of heaven. We're soldiers for God's army. We are the ones seeking to do the most good upon this world. Soldiers. God has put us in his army. Whether you're adult or child, man or woman, you are a soldier of God's army. Now, the soldiers for God's army are different than the soldiers that we're picturing. We don't actually go to battle in the physical sense. And there's nothing violent about us on the surface. We don't do violent acts. We don't carry guns. It has nothing to do with that. We are spiritual soldiers. And what that means is that we fight an army that is unseen. And we fight that army with good, goodness, love, charity, kindness, compassion. But we fight. We fight 
with good weaponry. And you and I are fellow soldiers with people like Paul. The Apostle Paul is a fellow soldier of mine and of yours. Peter, who God built his church upon, Jesus built his church upon Peter, he's my fellow soldier. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, Matthew and Titus and Silas and Timothy, etc., etc. Those are my fellow soldiers. Those are my fellow peers. And I'm in the army with those guys. Even though those guys are departed and passed on to the other side, they're my fellow soldiers. So I'm not just a citizen of this place. I'm a soldier for the one true God, for the almighty God. Now, if we're proud to be an Americans, then what sort of pride, a good pride, should we have towards our heavenly home? And that's the point of today. I want to talk about how privileged we are. Now, America has a lot of great things about it, and, and there's a lot of pride for living in America. But we have to be honest here. America is temporary, and we all should know that. America is a temporary nation. I want you to think about Rome. Now, Rome still exists, but Rome today is nothing like it was back in the days of the Bible. Rome was a powerhouse. Rome was basically the old school America, okay? You didn't mess with Rome. Rome could take you down. Rome had the strongest army. Rome had the most power, the most wealth, the most pomp. And Rome was basically the envy of the world. If you lived in Rome, boy, you were something special. And even Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, at one time was being persecuted. And his defense was, you can't do this to me because I'm a Roman citizen. And as soon as they found that, they found that out, they backed off. And they said, oh, he's a Roman citizen. We can't do this to him. Because that's how it was to be a Roman citizen. It was special. It was privileged. But Rome fell. Rome is a temporary nation. And America is a temporary nation. That doesn't make it wrong to be proud to be an American. It just means we need to keep it in check because it's temporary. It's earthly. And everything earthly is temporary. There's nothing wrong with being proud to live in America and be a citizen of America. That's not a wrong thing. But I'm sad. And I'm going to tell you why I'm sad. I'm sad because as a pastor... I feel like sometimes I have to get up every week and exhort the people of God, the citizens of heaven, the soldiers of God's army to care more for their Lord and for their heavenly kingdom. Now, maybe that's a perception and not the reality, but the fact that it's a perception alone means there's some truth to it. That I stand up on Sundays and Wednesdays and other days that I speak the Bible and help my people, and, and it feels like I have to sort of kickstart their love and their care for the Lord and for the kingdom of heaven. Like everything else in their life is more important, and I'm trying to help them care more for the Lord and for the church and for the people of God than they, than they do for other earthly things. And that makes me sad. Because I looked around this room today as we were eating in this restaurant and, and nobody was being coaxed to stand and to put their hand over their heart and to sing with every fiber of their being the national anthem. These people, at least in this restaurant at this time, felt privileged to be Americans. And if we feel that way towards America, how much more so should we feel that way towards the kingdom of heaven and towards the one true almighty God? When we don't feel privileged about that. Something's very wrong. And I'm curious today why that is. And I have my own thoughts that I could give you. I'm not really going to spend my time giving you my thoughts on why we don't feel privileged. 
But this past Sunday, Pastor Mel, my dad, spoke um, our sermon on Sunday, and he spoke about seven amazing advantages that we receive from being a part of God's family. And I'm just going to list them really quickly, and, and if you want to listen to that lesson, you can. It's on our website, wyomingvalleychurch.org. But we looked at seven amazing advantages to being a part of God's family. And these are the seven advantages that my dad singled out from one chapter in Ephesians. Number one, belonging. Belonging. We just talked about it. You and I belong. And we don't just belong to something. We don't just belong to something important. We belong to the most important thing there is, the family of God. Yes, we've been adopted into that family. We were naturally in that family. We were Gentiles. God had to go grab us from sin and from the devil's kingdom and adopt us into his family. But he did through Jesus, and now we belong to him. And that's that's a special advantage that I can call the God of the universe, my father, my dad. I can call out to him. I can ask him for things. I can ask him to protect me and to provide for me and help me because I belong to his family. Number two, We get certain sets of privileges. That goes along with our title today, privileges. We just get all of these privileges as God's children. I mean, because we're God's children and whoever is your child gets special privileges from being your child. Not every single person in the world gets all the same things that you give your children. You give your children more special privileges than you give the random stranger, don't you? And we get those privileges because we're God's children. Number three, A history. We have a long-term tenured history of those who have walked with the Lord. We can look back thousands of years and see the early church and see the apostles and see the prophets. We can go back even further and see people like Noah and Abraham and David all following the same Lord, the same king for the same kingdom. We have a long-term history. I mean, that is longer than any history of any nation upon the world. Our history is longer and more profound. And that's my history because I'm a part of the the family of God. Number four is stability. I mentioned how Rome fell and one day how America is going to fall. I don't know if that's going to be while we're upon the earth or not, but someday when the Lord comes back, there's no need for America anymore. There's no need for any earthly kingdom anymore. There's going to be one lasting kingdom and that's the kingdom of heaven. So everything else will fall. Everything else will burn. Everything else will go away because it's, it's not eternal. It's earthly. And that means there's very little stability with the kingdoms and nations of this earth. But my kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that I've received through Jesus Christ, has stability. It cannot be shaken, it says in Hebrews. This kingdom cannot be shaken. It cannot fall. It cannot be wounded. It cannot lose its power or pomp or wealth. It can never lose its luster. It will never go away. And that's my kingdom. That's the rock that I stand upon, Jesus Christ. It's stable. Number five is growth. Growth. Not only is it stable, but it's growing. It's gaining members every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year. Every single year of our lives, more people are joining this family. And it's gaining momentum. It's getting stronger. Now, that, again, that might not be the perception. It may look like the church is under attack and we're losing members and COVID has shaken us. But the scriptures speak otherwise. That The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And every single day, God is stealing people away from the kingdom of of evil to the kingdom of light. And so it's growing. It's getting bigger and more prominent. (laughs) And that's just a cool thing to know that I'm, I'm in a really successful thing here. Number six is togetherness. 
And we've been talking a lot about this at our churches. We're all together. We're all unified. We fellowship together. We're holding arms. We're locking hands. We're locking shields. We're together. Whatever you face, I face. The, the, the same Lord, the same faith, the same baptism, the same spirit, the same church, the same blood was spilled, the same enemy we have, the same doctrines we hold. And, and you know, those things are important. And I don't have to fight this alone because you're with me and I'm with you. And that gives me a lot of reassurance that I don't have to go through this alone. I have the Lord and I have my church and the body of Christ. Number seven is the right perspective. The right perspective. When you understand the kingdom of God and you understand Jesus Christ, everything else falls into place. Everything else makes sense. And the world doesn't have that. The world is scratching their head at everything that's going on, going, man, how does this make sense? Where did we get these ideals? Like, why are these things important? Why are these things shifting? Why are these things being threatened? You know, and none of it makes sense. It all seems just to be like shifting sand. But you and I can look into the scriptures and go, there, that's why. This is why. This is what God said. This is what Jesus is doing. And we can have the perspective of what God is doing, and it's very clear to us. And those are seven privileges, seven advantages we have for being a part of God's family. Now, when you and I consider where we were and who we used to be, and, and again, think about that just for a moment, where you used to be before Jesus came into your heart and your life, and who you used to be, what you used to live for, Think about that for a moment. What you used to live for, who you used to be, the kind of person that you were in the eyes of God. And if I remember mine, it was not a pretty sight. And then consider where you are now and who you are now and who you are becoming thanks to Jesus Christ. That I believe if you think about that and you do that little exercise, the amount of privilege and pride for being in the family of God will overflow your heart. You'll be full of joy, you'll be full of privilege, and you'll be full of pride. And, and that will actually overflow and it'll start spilling into the lives of those around us because that's the point. There should be so much privilege and so much pride and so much love and, and honor for where we are and, and what we're doing now thanks to Jesus Christ that, boy, we should, we should be the most joyful, secure, courageous people that ever existed. Because, boy, look what we have and look where we came from. My sister, this morning, actually, she messaged me on the internet and she asked me if I could give a brief testimony on video because she was hosting a Bible study with, I believe, young adults and they were going to study the book of Revelation. And she knew that the book of Revelation had an important part in my testimony. So she messaged me and said, Todd, could you give me just a couple minute interview or um testimony about how the book of Revelation was meaningful in your life. And I was more than happy to do that. And I, and I did it. And I sent her a little two to three minute video about how the book of Revelation was, was key in my life to waking me up spiritually. And I was simply reflecting on that time in my life. I went back in my mind to age 26. That was the year, the time in my life that God woke me up from my spiritual death and slumber and I, I just reflected on that time in my life. And I, I considered the forgiveness that I got. I considered that Jesus came and, and nudged me awake and woke me up and said, Todd, you, you got to get moving. You got to go. You got to move. You're not doing well. You got to wake up. And how he forgave me and how he woke me up and how he started to use me for the kingdom of God. Guys, I, at 25, I was a loser. Spiritually, I was a loser. 
You may not have known it on the surface because I had a lot of, you know, religious things in my life, but I was a loser. I was going nowhere. And now the fact that I'm a pastor today and I'm helping others grow, it makes no sense. And the only reason it makes sense is because that's what God does. He takes broken cases and broken vessels and he fixes them and then he uses them for honorable things. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, boy, I am so privileged to be serving the God of the universe because I shouldn't be here. That wasn't where I was trending. That's not where I was heading. I was heading directly away from God and I was hurting people and I was living selfishly and sinfully upon the earth. And now the fact that I can be used to advance and serve the King of Kings and the kingdom of God is shocking to me, still is, which means I'm privileged. And I believe if you take those moments and you do those exercises, you too will feel the same privilege that I do. You see, there's a couple powerful motivators in the Christian life. There's fear. Fear is a good motivator. There's nothing wrong with fear, especially the fear of God. The fear of God is a good motivator. When we see it properly, it's a very powerful, very good motivator in the Christian life. It helps us walk correctly. Number two, love. The love God has for us, the love we have for him, is a powerful motivation to live this Christian life correctly, isn't it? Think about it. Love captivates us. Number three, duty and responsibility. I, I'm oftentimes just moved to keep going based on those two things, duty and responsibility to what I've been called to. I, I don't feel good when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so duty and responsibility often drive me forward. And four is, is privilege. Privilege. When I'm privileged to do something, when you consider yourself privileged, you follow the Lord and you obey God because it's your joy to do so. Prove me wrong. When you feel privileged, like I, this guy, this uh, military man in this restaurant felt privileged, he was singing and crying and focusing upon his nation. And he was privileged to do that. And again, no one had to you know, talk him into standing and, and giving honor to the flag. He was privileged, so he did it out of a heartfeltness, a joy that he had welling up within him. When you and I feel privileged to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we obey him and we serve him because it's our joy to do so. We are privileged to be able to serve our God as his family and as his soldiers. And I will tell you that I am privileged to do that. And if you're a Christian, you should feel privileged too because you don't belong here except for the grace of God and the blood of Jesus. Also, when you feel privileged, when you consider yourself privileged, you fight sin. You fight against sin. And the reason you fight against sin is because sin is seeking to steal your privileges. That's what sin is seeking to do. It's seeking to rob from you all the privileges that you have in Christ. And so when you realize that you're privileged, sin is the most offensive thing to you that you can find. Because it's seeking to rob from you all the things that you've gained in Jesus Christ. And you won't have anything to do with it when you have the right mindset. Because you're privileged and because sin is so offensive in the eyes of God that you can have nothing to do with it. It's seeking to hurt God. It's seeking to steal you away. And, and you have broken forever your relationship with sin. When you consider yourself privileged, you soak up any and all time that you can get with the Lord and with his people. It doesn't feel like a chore when you consider yourself privileged. You want to be around the Lord. You want to be around his people because Again, it's just such a privilege. 
to be where you are based on who you used to be and what God could have done with you. And now he wants to spend time with you. I mean, think about that. God, he wants to spend time with me. He's thinking about you. He wants you to draw near to him. That's what scripture says. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He wants intimacy with you. And it's the same thing with the church. I should want to be near the people who love the same Lord that I love and who want to help me fight this Christian fight. And I'll soak up every and all time I can get with those people. When you consider yourself privileged, you share the gospel because you want others to experience the same privileges that you have. You want to share this experience. You know, it it doesn't become about ego. When you have all of this privilege welling up and you see other people wallowing in their sin and, and, and sinking down in despair and grief and hopelessness, you just want to share that hope with other people because you're so privileged. When you consider yourself privileged, your faith does not need to be kickstarted by anybody else. Not when you consider yourself privileged. When you have the right mindset and the right perspective of how privileged you are, no pastor and no parent and no loved one needs to come alongside of you and say, hey, you know, it's important to go to church or it's important to read your Bible or don't forget to share the gospel. Don't forget to love. You know, don't forget to fight sin today because you're so privileged. And you're thinking about it already and and you're considering these things already and you're looking forward to these things already. And again, I told you I feel sad sometimes as a pastor because I feel like I need to do that for people. I need to kickstart their faith because they don't feel privileged. It feels like a chore to them. And that's sad to me. And I used to be there and I know what that's like. But when we consider ourselves privileged, boy, we want to walk with the Lord. When you consider yourself privileged, you go forward even in spite of the difficulties and the opposition. Because again, look where you're headed to the kingdom of God. You're able to go home. When you press forward, you're making progress home. When I've taken long journeys and I've had to drive back or fly back from those places, I'm so anxious to get home. And every step in that direction is a a good step. It feels good to get closer and closer and closer to home. And when there's opposition and there's difficulties in that process, it doesn't matter so much because you're still making progress. And the closer you get, the closer you get are you, you get to being home. One more. When you consider yourself privileged, you will often be content in your heart and you will often have a thankful spirit. When you feel privileged, you will thank the Lord a lot. You will be content with what you have and I've proven that biblically. Paul said that, you know, he said in Philippian jail, he said in a Philippian, excuse me, a Roman jail, a Roman prison, he said to the Philippians, I've learned how to be content with little and with much, with nothing and with abundance. I've learned the secret of being content. And it's this heartfeltness, this privilege welling up in his heart to be a child of God. So you'll often thank the Lord. You'll often sing praises. You'll often worship him because you're so privileged. And I just want to hit you with that today because the podcast series we're going through is change our perspective. And if the Lord will allow us to see how privileged we are, we will be a better version of Christ followers. We'll be better versions of soldiers. We'll be better versions of people who love our Lord because we will have the right heart and the right mindset to how privileged we are. And we will do things that have a tremendous motor behind them because of that privilege. 
I hope that inspires you and motivates you today to consider how privileged you are in Jesus, to do a few of those exercises that I've done in my heart and, and for that perspective to either strengthen or return in your life so that you will follow Jesus the way he deserves and that one day you'll stand before him in confidence saying, Lord, you deserve this, you are worthy of this, and I am privileged to be a part of your kingdom. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope it's a blessing to your soul. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.